digital delight of jazz and what's more on WFDU HD2. Tina. Every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun. Let us march on till victory is won. What's going on? What's going on? What's happening, blues people? This is an extremely special show. Now, we've had a lot of great guests on Jack Dapper Blues, and but usually they are either musicians, filmmakers, authors, or blues historians discussing the music aspect along with the history or tradition. Our guest today deals in a different kind of blues. It has to do with history. It has to do with tradition. It has to do with a track record of misappropriation and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, disenfranchisement of a group of people, which is what the blues is about. I'm speaking to the Honorable Dr. Steve Perry. How you doing, sir? I'm fantastic, brother. You, you position that the right way because people don't understand that the condition that we find ourselves in is by no mistake mm. intentional. It is intentional that black children are virtually guaranteed to go to some of the lowest performing schools that this country has to offer. That the only schools that are worse are the prisons themselves into which many of them are being trained to attend. Mm. Wow. So, so wow, you, you just set it off. We got to go right into this because, first and foremost, I, I would like to ask you a question, and then I want to go into your background because you're doing some amazing things. I went a few times. I have young children. I have children from a, 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 a large range. But I have young children, and my wife and I went to several schools prior to them uh, being placed in the school they are now, and I noticed one thing: majority of schools resemble prisons. I, I, is this a a wrong uh, assessment? No, it's it's a look, brother. Our schools, black schools, and the black community are often designed with the same have the same phenotype as a prison. You walk up to it, and it was built about the same era as many prisons. There are bars on the window, bars on the doors. When you open the door, you're not greeted with a nice uh, elderly woman who's answering the phones. You're greeted with some burly security officers, and some of whom have guns. You are patted down. Your bag is searched. And then you're ushered into an office, like a visiting room at a prison. Mm. And then children are spoken to walk around and are treated like junior prisoners. The expectations are not about them becoming 
freshmen at Bowdoin, juniors at Rutgers, and, and uh, colleagues and friends or neighbors treated like people who will become wards of the state. This is not a mistake, and it's not even a secret. In fact, it's the worst-kept secret in American history. Wow. Yet and still, limp liberals will try to lead us to believe that we should take these abominations that are referred to as schools and them as our own guarantee them that we will send our children to them despite the fact that they're never going to send their kids to them. Right. Ever. Never as in never. Not mm. In fact, they're going to take the booty that they have received back to the suburbs to ensure that their children are as far away from the building that pays them as a prison guard, as a CO. Wow. I hope you all are listening not just taking notes, but receiving. Now, with that being said, because this is why it was important for me to get you on my platform and, and, and let you speak to the community, because a lot of people raise the um, issue, right? They point out the problem. Not many actually carries out solutions because a lot of people have solutions as well but what i believe separates you is you had a solution and you acted on it could you please share with us about the schools that you've put in place today i told one of my young colleagues who was saying that she was thinking this is african-american young woman really bright she's saying she's been teaching for a couple months now she's saying i really don't think this is for me dr perry and I said to her, how dare you? You're talented and you're committed. Everything in this powerful nation is bearing down on these children. The most powerful nation in the world's history has used all of its resources to crush these 11-year-olds that are in your class. The last thing they need is one more person to quit on them. I said to her, she began to cry. Mm. And I said to her, you want to know why I started the first school? You really want to know the honest to God reason why? She said, yes, I do. I said, because I could not be convinced that black people are just not that smart. Mm. I could not, despite all the evidence to the contrary, be led to believe that black people didn't value education as much as white people, as much as Asians, as much as Latinos and any other nation or, or nationality or ethnicity or race. And so I felt like there was a simple proposition. If I could, if I could open a school and provide children with the same access to a quality education as anybody else. And what I could do is I could prove that our kids are not just as good. I want to make it clear. I ain't trying to prove that black kids are as smart as other groups. I need you to understand that, brother. I hear you. I want to prove that our kids actually 
might be smarter than a quite a few groups. Mm. Mm. With the with, with the proper tools, access. Then, damn, if they've been able to survive, I mean, just eke out a life under these conditions. Are you kidding me? Mm. Mm. I say that to say that we opened a school in Hartford that has sent 100% of its graduates on the four-year colleges since we opened in 2005. Opened a school in Bridgeport that sent 100 We opened it last year, sent 100% of its graduates from the first class. We accepted the kids in their senior year and sent 100% of the four-year colleges. And then this year we are on the verge of sending another 100% to the school in Bridgeport. And then we just opened another school, grade six and seven, in Harlem. And... We're going to do the same thing. I dig it. Now, for those of you listening that's in the Harlem area, what are the criteria for students to come to, to, to be into the school, to apply for the school? They just have to have a name and a pulse and live in New York State. Okay. So now, let me ask you this, because, you know, first of all, before I get into the spiel, is this a charter school? Yes. Okay. Now, I'm sure you know this, so this may be extremely repetitive because you've been doing this for some time, and you know there's a lot of feelings, for lack of a better term, in the against the charter school industry. Do, do you want to? I don't want to use the term debunk, but I, I would like to hear. I would like you to to. The only people who are against it are middle class, mainly white, uh, union teachers. Mm. Really against it because it presents a threat to their monopoly over your children's lives. It's not <laughs> the parents. I defy you to find parents. Every single um, survey has shown that the majority of American parents don't care what kind of school it is. They don't care if it's private or public, charter or traditional, vocational, technical, or test um, magnet school, or uh, IB school, or, uh, um, and, you know, uh, boarding school. Right. A kid to go to the best school they can get them in. Absolutely. For your kids, you... you you didn't care what kind of school it was. You wanted the best school for your child. If you get a free one, you take that. If y'all had to do other things like mortgage the house, I'm sure you would have done that too. Absolutely. <laughs> and so that's what I'm saying. And so the only people who have this stupid, and it is a stupid debate about type of school, are the ones who, who stand to lose money if parents are given a choice. Think of how barbaric it is. To say to a family, you cannot choose the best school for your child. Imagine that, brother. Well, I, you know, coming from where we come from and, and understanding what we understand, uh, we've heard that. <laughs> Sam, is that crazy? Or- it, but it is crazy. It's extremely crazy. It's the stupidest thing. What man? I want you to tell me. What man do you expect to be more of a father of your kids than you? That's right. And some man or some woman who ain't putting a dollar in your pocket or food in your child's mouth is going to tell you 
the most important decision that you can make as a father that they get to make, and they get to make it by virtue of some stupid zip code. We're not listen. A zip code represents a man-made geographic area. Absolutely. Way is determined by race. This is what all this gerrymandering. That's what all these things are for. That's why they rewrite the lines so the black people end up in certain neighborhoods, and then they send you to school based upon that. And you're supposed to be a bright man, got your own radio show, a voice to the community, and somebody's gonna tell you, "Nah, bro, you live where? Oh, no, no, no. You gotta send your kid to the school." You say, but no, I, I, I don't want to send my kids to that school. It's not, it might be good for one of my kids. It's not good for all my kids, or it might not be good for any of my kids. But don't I get to make that decision as a father? No, 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 no. See, we want you to support what we call public schools. Okay, but I know that the Magnus, uh, Magnus School is a, a public school, and I get to choose that, and the charter school is a public school, and the vocational technical school. So why can't I choose those schools? Yeah, we'll take, let you choose a Magnus School because we still have teachers' unions getting their dues from middle school. Okay, so you could do vote tech school, you could do that too. But nah, you can't do a charter chief because they go to charter and they ain't going to be in a union. If they ain't in a union, then that money doesn't go to us. And so if that money doesn't go to us, then you can't send your child there. Okay, so based on what you said, let me ask you this question because I, I want to stick to the educational aspect and a couple other things, but you said something intriguing and extremely specific. The issue is union and the Board of Ed. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. You'll hear the union say, it's the privatization of public education. Well, I run a public school, so why is that making it private? Well, it's, it, they cherry-picked the kids. I ain't never cherry-picked the kids. I didn't know any of the children who came to Capitol Prep Harlem before they came to Capitol Prep Harlem, so how the hell would I cherry-pick them when I didn't even meet them? And, and the way they get, quote-unquote, chosen is they put their names in. You asked me what the, what the requirements are. I told you a name, a pulse, and an address. You did. And, and so that I, I don't know. So there are no more requirements. That, but you kick kids out. No, I don't. Okay, now wait. I have to stop you. You don't. But now understand, I have to be clear. I did definitely did not ask you here to debate charter school versus public school. But I would like you to... Because a, a lot of people don't get both sides of the story, which is why I'm asking you these questions, right? No, and, and you should, and you should. And, and recognize, I'm cool with, with, with whatever. Let me just make a first distinction. A, a charter school is a public school. They're one and the same. A charter school is a public school. What distinguishes a charter school from a neighborhood school is that a neighborhood school assigns the children by where they live. And the teachers who work in there are union. How you select, how you end up in a charter school is by the decision of the parent. And most of the teachers are not union. And that's the difference. Mm. Is the difference. You notice, you notice that when you go to Bronx Science or, or if you're in Boston or Boston Latin or any of these other test schools, you know those are those are schools of choice, right? Right, absolutely. If you go to a vocational technical school to get a trade, that's a school of choice, right? Absolutely. Those are not assigned based upon where you live, right? No, um, I know Bronx Science and schools like those you have to test in, though. Right, but but you but you can live anywhere. Is the point that I'm making? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It's a school of choice, right? Mm-hmm. 
You ever hear anybody saying that they should shut those schools down or they should shut down vocational technical schools or magnet schools? Uh, definitely not magnet schools or the 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 Bronx sciences or or, or Stuyvesant of the world. I've I've heard talk about vocational schools, which is disturbing because we're losing trade. But I, I get your point. But not because well, I've heard people say they shut them down, but I haven't at all. Do you know why? Because all those teachers are union. Mm. So now let me ask you this: what? I'm not even talking about the Board of Ed, <laughs> but the teachers themselves. Wouldn't they be on board for a situation that, because you and I both know that a lot of teachers, and I'm not singling white teachers out, but usually they get this benefit. Most of them are white. Right. And they teach in a ghetto, right? A low income, low performance schools to get. Uh, some sort of, of of percentage taken off their 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 tuition or or back payments on tuition, or they get it paid for a yep. right amount of time. So let's let's x them out of this conversation and this question. But the teachers, regardless of their color, that come to the urban areas with the the desire to educate and and teach critical thinking, wouldn't they want to be on board with what you're doing? Let me tell you this. The teachers are not the issue. It's the union. The teachers' union is an organization unto itself. It is not a – teachers are not a monolith. There are teachers who are Trump-supporting, card-carrying, party people. Mm. There are teachers who are moderate Republicans or who are Democrats but send their own children to a Catholic school. We're mm. talking about a very small, loud group of teachers' union bosses who want to maintain the status quo where your black child goes to a school that is on the economic and racial um, level that your neighborhood says he's supposed to go to. That's what the teachers' union of New Jersey, New York, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, all over this great country of ours are fighting for. Their simple premise is this. Keep your kids in those schools, pay the teachers more money, and just deal with the results. Don't get on some damn discussion about accountability or using the test scores to tell whether or not the teachers are teaching. You just be a better parent and deal with what it is that I'm giving you as a teacher. Me, on the other hand, I ain't sending my kids to school. Not going to do it. That's the teacher's union. But with the rank and file, when you ask them, where do you send your kids to school? Chicago, for instance, 40% of the teachers sent their children, uh, of the teachers, send their children to private schools. 40% of the teachers in one survey said that that they sent their children to private schools. How funny is that? Right. That money saying, you need to support public education. Stop shutting down our schools. Okay, it's not really your school because you don't send your kids to it. It's your job. And that's a big difference. A job, look, I could work at a youth detention center but never been locked up. Right, absolutely. 
So that's not my detention center. That's my job. I could work at a homeless center, a homeless shelter. I had never been homeless. That's not my shelter. That's my job. You know where my school is? Capital Prep. You know why Capital Prep is my school? Because my sons go there. Mm. Mm. I dig it. I dig it. So now, with that being said, we already know that the the curriculum for students in these schools are, are very shoddy. And then they just flip the switch and they're teaching core, uh, core curriculum. I believe that's what it's called. And what they're doing is instead of, I know when I was growing up, each lesson would take at least minimum a week test, week test, or week and a half test. Every day or every other day it's a new lesson. So how do they expect children to receive this information? How do you how do you deal with that? And do you do the the core curriculum situation? Core. We do do common core. Common core, thank you. We do do common core. That's not the issue. Most people have never really looked at common core who who uh comment on it. Common Core is a set of expectations that if you read it, you would agree with. You would. Today, for instance, in um, <clears throat> excuse me, in history, I was observing one of our history classes, and the objective was to be able to um, identify um, two weak clauses as central themes in the Articles of Confederation. There's nothing wrong with that, right? No. Right? That's a common core standard, to be able to identify a theme. That's all it is. So it's for seventh grade to be able to read the Articles of Confederation and look at why the Articles of Confederation failed. Okay. Now, how about the math? Again, one and one still equal two. Absolutely. And if you watched, like last night, I did a periscope of my sons and me. Mm-hmm. We were doing math minutes. Absolutely. I, we do that with our kids. I know what you're talking about. Okay. So, and you did those when you were little, right? Yes, similar. Not exactly the same way they did it, but yes. But you do a math minute, right? You, you had to do like 60 problems in 60 seconds, something like that, right? Uh, right, yes. Okay. So there we go. The point is... <laughs> That, again, the teacher's union need, the teacher's union does not want teachers held accountable. For the failure of the students. Exactly. So I want you to hear me now, because this is, this is what it really is. Common Core says that your children in New Jersey, if they're in the seventh grade like my youngest son is, and in the ninth grade like my oldest son is, that your child in New Jersey should be learning in the ninth grade the same thing as my child in the ninth grade in Connecticut, regardless. And we're not going to leave it up to one amazing teacher in, you know, in classroom 100 and one terrible teacher in classroom 101. We're going to say both of y'all today are teaching seventh graders how to find the main idea. Now, you could use... In your class, um, Tony Morrison. I could use the Articles of Confederation. But in both cases, the children need to be able to read it 
and come away with the main idea. Right, and comprehend, because reading comprehensions is a big issue. And that's what the Common Core says. Common Core says that it is, we, that, and this is what's really funny, the teachers union actually supported Common Core in the beginning, they actually were, were party to the creation of it. Because initially what their big concern was, because it's all about keeping the jobs. Right. About keeping their jobs. So initially their concern was, well, we have principals who are arbitrarily firing teachers. So we want a standard curriculum and standardized tests to prove that this man just doesn't like this woman who's a math teacher. Wow. So then they got together with other teachers from both public and private schools, college professors, people from the departments of education. They all got together and they said, if a kid were in the seventh grade, what skills would you want them to have? And then they came up with skills like that they could find the main idea of a text. Common Core doesn't say you have to teach the Articles of Confederation or that you have to teach Tony Morrison. It just says you got to teach something that when a child reads it, he can tell you what it's all about. Right, where he's on that level. So now, for its illustrated article, you could pick a, a, Yahoo, a Yahoo News article. But then what happened? Let me just finish his last point. Then what happened was President Bush came along and he said, "All right, bet." So now we got these standards in place. So here's the deal. I see y'all. This is Bush. Everybody said they hated Bush. Y'all would take him now, but you, everybody said they hated him. <laughs> so President Bush said, here's the deal. I know you ain't slick. You live in a place like Cherry Hill. You got the, you know, things are good for most of the people there. Most of them are white, middle, upper middle class. Y'all are looking good. But then I see that you got black kids in these schools, and there's an achievement gap. What the devil? Mm. Just so, so you got two kids who go to the same school, sometimes in the same classroom, but you got these black kids performing so much further behind these white kids. So here's what I'm going to do to you. If you take this Title I money I got right here, all of them need to perform at the same level. All of them means all of them. Special ed, white, black, Asian, poor, rich. If you take this money from the federal government, if all the kids are reading at the fifth grade level in the fifth grade, then all the kids need to be reading at the fifth grade level in the fifth grade. So this is no child left behind you're speaking about. Behind. So then what they said, hold, 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 hold on a second. And then he, then he threw one on them. He said, and if you don't, the kids get to choose to leave your school. Mm. Take with them the money. Folks say, oh, no, 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 no. You ain't doing that. You're not going to tell me that this kid who's coming to school hungry and poor from a single-parent household, all of which was supposed to be proxies for black and Latino, and, and Latino like Mexican and Puerto Rican and South American. We ain't talking about Latino from Spain. We right. Particularly kind of Latinos, right? Right. This kind of stuff. That they, this is all racial coding. And you ain't going to tell us that people coming from these neighborhoods who live in these tough situations, this is how the liberals talk, right? These tough situations have to drop their kid, their brothers off before school and don't eat and don't do this and get, ain't got no food, no clothes, and can't buy you. That, right? They were trying to sell it, and black folks just eating it up. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Not realizing that in states like Virginia and in Oklahoma, do you know what they've done to make sure that, people don't, that these school systems don't lose their money because they're not teaching your black and Latino kids? What have they done? New set of, this is real talk, brother. 
you got to understand the fix is in. These teachers' unions have come up with some really slick and draconian stuff. In Virginia, for instance, if you're Asian, for instance, in order for the school to meet ad- adequate yearly progress, meaning to be growing at the rate that it's supposed to, right. say 80% of, the, 80% of the Asians need to be reading at the grade level and 80% of the white kids. 60% of the black kids need to be reading at the grade level. Wow. And they're saying they're doing that because they recognize black kids are so far behind. Well, damn it, if black kids are so far behind, why are you lowering expectations? Who benefits from that? Exactly. Remember what the trap door was supposed to be is if you don't get them to that level, they get to go to a better school. By keeping it this way, they get to stay at that school, and that teacher gets to keep her job, and those union gets to keep those dues, and as a result, as a result, your black kid gets to go to a school in which they actually make it into law. It's law now in Virginia that wow. your child is reading two grade levels below the white kids. That's all right. That's all right. That school gets to stay open, and your kid still has to stay there. Wow, meaning your kid doesn't get what he or she's supposed to. And you still pay the same number of taxes, and you still going to send your child to college. And when you send your black son to college, reading two, three grade levels behind black, behind the white Asian kids, you're going to have to pay for those remedial courses. And when your son drops out and comes and lives with you, you're going to have to sit there and explain to the rest of society why it is that you moved to the suburbs and you thought you were sending your kid to a better school, yet and still, he still ain't in the same situation as his poor white kid. Mm. I hope you're all listening. Fix his in, brother. <laughs> Yeah, it sure, it certainly is. It certainly is, man. I, oh boy, we I have we have to when you have some time to get you back on here because a half hour ain't enough time for for the gems that you're dropping. I would like to ask you one last thing before you you leave us. What would be the main thing if you had to give someone some advice, encouragement, or suggestions? What would it be? Parents fight for your kids' rights. Fight for school vouchers, not just charters. I want you to be able to go whatever school you want to go to. If you want to send your child to Our Lady of this and that, I want you to be able to do that. You want to send them to Mount whatever, send them to that. If you want to send them to uh, uh, a nearby traditional school that will take your kids' tuition, then you go there. You want to go to charter school, you do that. Fight for vouchers. It's the only way that you're going to get access to a quality education right now. You sit there and let these lames tell you that lie oh, we're just missing out on resources. But 382 years, y'all been missing out on resources? You ain't never had enough money to teach black people? Mm. Ever, ever? The math don't add up. It doesn't add up. Here's the deal. The system was never designed. Come on, brother. You know 1700s, in the, in the 1635, the first traditional public school was open in Boston, Massachusetts. Right. Okay, let's stay. Let's move forward. That school is still open. That school is still open. Mm. It's open. The second oldest schools in America is in Hartford, Hartford Public High School. You wouldn't send somebody's kids there who you didn't like. Wow. Wow. Same schools, hundreds of years old, ain't never served black kids. Seventeen hundreds. They put in. They institute slave codes, brother. Slave codes. Wow. To tell you what is appropriate for slaves. You know what's appropriate for slaves? 
You can't teach them to read. In Georgia, I mean, in South Carolina, mm. slave codes say, the slave codes say that if a black person, free or slave, has been taught to read or is found trying to teach somebody else to read, it is punishable by prison and or between 20 and 39 lashes. So is it any surprise that our kids who still participate in this system still don't know how to read? Come on, brother. This thing was set up, man. This is a setup. You crazy if you think it's... <laughs> if it's not. <laughs> you, you, I, look, man, I can sell you a bridge if you want. If you believe that, I got some other stuff. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. It is the truth. Millions of dollars. So just give me your your account number so I can transfer all the money. Right. Don't even don't even waste time signing over a check. Just just give you the numbers. Come on, man. This is a look. And here's the thing. I started this and I'll finish this the same way. It's the worst kept secret in America. Does anybody really believe? That black people and Latino people are being effectively served by the current system that we refer to as public education. I mean, really. Does anybody really believe that? I hope not. I mean, seriously, do you know anybody that really thinks, man, the best thing for us to do is send black kids to really raggedy schools in their neighborhoods? No, <laughs> absolutely not. For, for that matter, this is the most I've heard people advocate for homeschooling. Right, and, and stay there for a second. Why is it that if you, if you homeschool your child and you're still paying towards the school system, why do you have to pay to a school system you're never going to use? Why wouldn't they give you that money back, at least in a tax credit? That's a great question. Why should you have to forfeit at least one person's income? So your spouse stays home. Y'all put twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 worth of taxes in the schools to pay somebody to teach your son and your son never sits in that class. Wow. That's fair? That's no, no, that, that, that's corrupt. <laughs> it's so corrupt. Wow. I tell you, you need to support public education. Well, hey, 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 ain't I the public? Ain't I educating my child? Shouldn't the public get the money? Right. The public employees. They're talking about the public employees union. You better, man, your listeners better wake up, man. Otherwise, here's what they're going to get. Newark. They're going to get a school system that spends almost $30,000 per pupil. $30,000, one of the worst performing school systems in the United States of America. And you'll get somebody who's just, hi, he don't know because I can read. That's how I'm saying it. Mm. Because I can read the data. Mm. You know, it's funny you brought that up. I wanted to touch on Newark with you because I recently heard an interview with the last four black mayors of Newark and they sat together and they discussed Newark's educational issues and how it's really based upon the contract. Yes, the teachers union. That's what I'm telling you, brother. Wow. can't fire those folks in any real time. Let me tell you something. Let me break something down to you. I'm going to let you go. So I was, just, I was just in a staff meeting with my staff. Now, just let's be clear. One of my staff was telling me was the, one of the reasons why this is happening is because it's the kids. I said, don't you ever say that in my presence again. Mm. 
if you can't educate, now let me also make it clear, there was not a white person in the room. Wow. There wasn't a white person in the room. This is a person I hired. I said, you know, the old me was sat here and tried to have a conversation with you and told you, well, everybody could be sort of right. You're wrong. Wow. It, it's you. <laughs> if you can't teach them, let this be your last day. Right. Absolutely. Don't waste their time or yours. Look, you ain't hurt my feelings. Don't come back tomorrow. I'm good. Yeah. But if you're going, if you're going to sit here and I said to this woman, you really telling me that, that an 11-year-old got you twisted like this? I mean, they're 11. Wow. You, you, so this 11-year-old this is checking you like that? That's your fault. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't even muster up it, uh, laughter out of that because you, you worded it to make it sound as ridiculous as it is because as an adult, it's not even a fact of being belligerent mean-spirited or anything of that nature but the the relationship should be different to where you you should not be rattled like that Evan, are you serious wow he's 11 you telling me you can't deal with 11 year old you work in middle school all right cool i got you i got you don't worry about it. you ain't gotta do this no more <laughs> that's good i mean for real i call a substitute teacher in. wow you have a different they listen to you because you, you, Dr. Perry. What does that mean? That's, just, that's stupid. You know they listen to me? Because they know I love them and they know I expect that they're going to learn. Right. And you give them the truth. I said, I'm, so I'm not talking about Newark's teacher. I'm talking about my teacher in Harlem. Right. And I will take any one of your lesson plans and teach it. And I don't even know the answers to it. But I bet you I teach it. Mm. You see me do it. You, you see me in your classes do it. Mm. Can't do it. I can't fault you. Who I look like mad at you for not being good at something. Right, right. So I, I hope there was a resolve to the situation or some sort of inspiration. Oh, I don't know if there's resolve because I had to step out to make this phone call to you. But I tell you what, I can tell you there will be a resolution. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. If I was a Newark principal, I'd, I'd be sitting here wrenching my hands like right now because, like, wow, I got to keep this fool to the end of the year. Wow. Tell you what, let me see this tomorrow. I can tell you somebody might be working somewhere else. Wow. And everybody understands that. We ain't playing. No, but see, that's the thing. First and foremost, we're in extremely desperate times. The urgency right now does not give a, 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 a cushion. Right. And, and a lot of children are I've for the last 10, 15 years, I've prior to that, I would say 20 years. Right. Since the, 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 the real since the biggie Jay-Z era up until this point, have I seen the most kids on the streets during school hours? Bruh, this is listen to me. You got to hear me. And I mean it. You got to hear me because because I'm your brother. What's happening in our schools now? I have never seen. Mm. I have ne when I say never, I'm, there's no hyperbole here. The stuff that I'm looking at right now, I gave a I gave a speech to an organization of college professionals who were responsible for handling discipline on colleges campuses. I said to them, "You have no idea. You are not ready for what I've seen in the third grade." Mm. 
you, you're not ready for it. We used, to, we used to wait until a girl or a boy was 17, 18 for some of these things to happen. Wow. I'm seeing it in second, third, fourth, fifth grade. And I'm taking now, now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I'm receiving it is is such a a blanket of things you're seeing is why that's a vast statement, a general statement. Because we, we're talking about is it fair to say we're speaking about behavior, whether it's sexual, angry, um, um, criminal? Is it all of the above? All of it. All of it. All of it. All of it. Wow. Kids. Listen, kids cuss in class. Watch, watch and see. Don't I, I don't even know you. We just met this the first time. If your parents are still alive, I bet you still struggle to cuss in front of them, don't you? Absolutely. My mother, absolutely. Real talk, right? I, real talk, man. Absolutely. I'm not joking. Yes. It's hard. It, it may slip out, but I'm quickly apologizing. How about that? So let's take it one step further. Remember how... It would be like you'd hear black comedians and stuff make fun of white kids because they were cursing from their parents. Yeah, I remember that. I see black kids, Latino kids, F this to their mother. Man. (laughs) See, now, now this... This kind of goes outside of the school. This is also community because I know at a younger age, whoever was there would tear you up. They would tell whoever's close to your mama or your papa. They it would be a line of people waiting to put you in check for that sort of disrespect. Is my point? I I can punch that statement right now. It's not just that there's people on your block or on your who are coaching your son or your friends or whatever, who could also speak to your kids, is to the point where I have children in the school who parents have said, do not talk to him. He can't tell you what to do. They're talking about me. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to him without me there. Like, what you going to do? You don't want nothing here? You know what? I I have to ask you about that. I'm happy you brought that up. I have to ask you about that because that there is it's it's a touchy situation because I know for me I would not be saying that right in disrespect of the teacher, the principal, or the entire administration, but in protection of my child and to know what's being said by both parties. But hey, let me say this. If your child goes to a school where you can't trust the people who are the adults, then pull your child from that school. And I guess that's the bottom line. Because because the worst thing that you could tell your child is don't listen to grown people. You will you will rue the day. You will look back and hate the day you did that. Because ultimately, he ain't going to listen to you. Right. Because that pretty much means no adult. We will be gone out of his life. We will be gone. You'll transfer schools or do whatever it is you're going to do. But we will be gone. You will have them still. And you'll remember the day that you told somebody, you ain't got to listen to them. You just listen to me. Okay, that doesn't work. I hear you. (laughs) You pull your kid from that school. But you do not tell them don't listen to the staff. 
That's that's dumb. No, I personally would say that, but I would say if you pulled out of class for a specific reason that goes beyond jurisdiction, with meaning behavioral or schooling, education, I need to be there. Okay, so what I'm saying to you, and I'm just telling you this as your brother, if you don't trust the people at the school with your child, same thing, like, right? You don't let pe- your kids stay at people's houses, so you know, act up, drink, act, smoke weed, drink, you know. The whole spill, right. Right. So you don't, you don't let them stay there, right? They just can't stay there. I don't care if they're your brother. Absolutely. They say, can I stay over Uncle Sessions? Nah, he, 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 you know, your cousins can come over here. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, we can see everybody. Exactly. Right? I'm saying it's the same thing. If you feel like you got to have that level of scrutiny over the people who are, who are educating your child, the trust is broken. The relationship is done. Pull your child straight up. Mm. If you don't think the math teacher can look out into the class and determine whether or not your child was doing something inappropriate, then you should pull your child from that school. Now, that's another thing. If you don't feel like they're administrators who can check the math teacher and get you the, and make sure that this doesn't happen. If you don't feel like there are checks and balances in that institution that can protect your child, then pull your child. But do not ever tell your child he does not have to listen to or tell them to call you in the middle of the day while they're getting disciplined. And nobody's doing corporal punishment. The worst thing that can happen is a child could be give a lunch detention, suspension, that's it. Right, or, or or have to write an essay. But now, see, it's good. It's funny you said that because I'm sure you've dealt with um, the I know my child. I know he or she did not do that. Let me tell you. Let me listen. Listen. I'll give you one better, and then I'm, I'm gonna let you go. But let me let me get this one. Son, time. I told you to go to my school, but mm. my school for a little while. So a couple of years ago, one of my sons took, he didn't, one of his friends had those little snappers, you know, you throw them and they pop. Yeah, I do. I used to play with those. Yeah, we all did. So one of my sons was being stupid. And he came into school, one of his friends had him, told him to throw him. He's stupid behind, does it. So I suspend him. Mm. Call my wife. <laughs> she said, I know my son. Wow. Understand who you're talking to? Wow. So I've had it. Look, when parents are made embarrassed, they say that because what they're basically saying is my son is a good kid. My wife was saying the same thing, but she's saying it to me. Right. That's why I'm saying, wow. Wow, because at that moment, it became mother and principal. Right. Wow. I like them apples. Wow. I, I have to ask you this, because you mentioned the third grade. I, I don't want to keep you longer than you, you, you agreed, but I was told by a principal that prison beds are made based on third grade performances. Oh, I asked somebody about that. Just recently, as a matter of fact, last week, I met a man who is um, federally uh, in charge of prisons. Um, 
In fact, he is the person who brought President Obama for the first time to a prison. Mm. I asked him that question. He said, no, that that ain't true. And the fact is, I don't know that it is or isn't, but here's the fact. You don't need to build prisons based upon prison, be- I mean, uh, scores in the third grade. But you can take a look at where children are, and you know that 75% of the children who are in prison can't read. And if you go around most of our communities, most of the black communities, you'll find this at least 80 to 90% can't read on grade level. So you could pretty much just do the quick math. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, brother, look. I thank you so much for having me. Great show, great conversation. Yes, thank you, sir. Thank you. And I, I, I will. I, I'm going to reach send send the email through your people because I, I'm big on African American literature, and, and there's a program we're looking to implement. I, I would like to, if not, get your involvement, some suggestions. Okay. All right, and I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. Well, good folks, wow. If you're just tuning in, you, you, you missed something great. This is Jack Dapper Blues on WFDU HD2. Now, I have to apologize to Mrs. Danita Jones. We're probably going to have to, if, if she's still available, we might have to get her in on the next segment of the show. And Miss Danita Jones is the principal of the Capital Preparatory School in Harlem. Uh, I'm, I'm going to play some music right now because she was supposed to be on our 5:30, but this conversation just just kept going, and we couldn't stop it because you guys needed to hear this. And, and Dr. Perry, Brother Perry, who is an extremely busy brother, took the time and gave us way more time than we expected, and we really appreciate that. So I'm, I'm going to play this tune real quick and, and see if if Mrs. Jones is still available. Just beyond the Jordan River, there beside the Krishna Sea, there's a city built of mansion. Will there be one for me? When my wake on it is ended, and I sleep beneath the sod. Will my soul sing with the angels round the blessed throne of God? Blessed gentle Jesus, guide me over life's ocean dark and wide. Blessed gentle Jesus, guide me safely to the other side. When my wake on it is ended and I sleep beneath the sod, will my soul sing with the angels round the blessed throne of God? Oftentimes I see the tempest raging 
Then with strength I'll pull the hole. Jesus is the lighthouse keeper. He will guide me to the shore. Soon I'll anchor in the harbor. Never more to drift away. There to meet with all my loved ones. There to spend eternity. Mr. Gentle Jesus, guide me. Oh, life's ocean dark and. Mr. Gentle Jesus, guide me safely to the other side. When my way corner is in and I sleep beneath the saw, will my soul sing with angels round the blessed throne of God? What's going on, good folks? Was that not an interview or was that not an interview? All right, well, once again, if you're just tuning in, you're late. <laughs> this is Jack Dapper Blues every Wednesday from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. on WFDUHD2. And I've been privileged and honored not only to speak to Dr. Perry, but to have on the line Mrs. Danita Jones. The principal of Capital Preparatory Harlem. How are you, Miss Jones? I'm excellent. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you for being with us because, as I said in the beginning of the show, and I will repeat now quickly because we're uh, about seven minutes away from station ID. Here we celebrate and preserve the blues, and we discuss its history, heritage, and traditions. And it's not just music, right? And the educational system and its treatment of African-American children and Latino children is actually and literally the blues. And you guys have been combat combating this for some time now. That's extremely, extremely serious and extremely real. And I, I would like to discuss, first and foremost, uh, one of the things that I, I brought up was not just the Common Core curriculum, but in today's school system, it, it's a lesson a day. D does that give children enough time to receive their lessons, to be prepared, not just for tests, but for, for, for life and critical thinking. Yeah, I appreciate your amendment on the end of that because we're not looking to prepare them for today. The end goal is always going to be to prepare them for a lifetime, right? And to get our children to a place where they are college about, they understand the level of responsibility for that. Uh, common Core is not the end. It, it is. It's that high standard for our kids. It says you must be careful and we're going to hold you accountable. And so it's important that not only should we teach them, but we differentiate, right? Because different children teach different uh, levels of education. And it's just a 
Absolutely. Very important that we identify that. Wow. Wow. I'm really happy. So now let's talk about your your school. And because, again, a lot of people point out the issues and the problems. A lot of people talk about the solutions, but you are actually an um, active person in providing a solution. So could, could you give us some examples of what happens at your school and how it prepares young black males for the next level? So I appreciate the way you that up, but I think it's uh, just being honest with the way that it's going to Being an That's extremely, extremely necessary because, uh, to me, well, I say African American literature and and literacy because that's that's personal and close to me. But just literacy in general is very necessary because it looks like the the level of reading and critical thinking is going down tremendously, especially in our communities. Absolutely. So if you look at um, the first year of truly dig it and now actually i want to ask a question but i'm going to wait the 30 seconds so the station id can come on prior so it won't cut you off in the middle of your answer okay 
And while we're we're, uh, waiting for the station ID, I just want to tell you all again, if you're just tuning in, this is Jack Dapper Blues on WFDU, and I'm speaking to Mrs. Danita Jones, the principal 